Well, it is certainly good to be here at the Charity Baptist Church, and I have made remarks to some that uh, we were talking to a little bit earlier. You all are blessed with a wonderful, wonderful pastor and pastor's wife. Now, I know, I know without a doubt, the reason that Brother Kevin's here is because of Miss Amanda. And uh, all us preachers and pastors, we know we get where we go because of our wives. And uh, you are blessed with a good pastor's wife and a good pastor. And and we are so privileged to uh, have fellowship with them and count them among our dearest of friends. If I've got a issue, need somebody to pray with, somebody to pray for me, uh, without hesitation, I pick up the phone and I get a hold of Brother Kevin Merritt and tell him what's on my heart, what I'm facing, what I'm dealing with. Got all the confidence in the world in him and in his prayers and in his friendship. He's the same wherever he's at. And uh, he is so widely used. Uh, it does not go to his head. He's he's a blessing. But uh, And I thank the Lord for allowing us to be here and experience worship already this morning. Uh, of course, I'm going to be dealing with that a little bit in our text about worship, but I'm, I'm amazed in the days that we live in, uh, the world has tried its best to get us to quit worship, to stop, just, just give it up. But we have learned how to worship uh, whether it be by Facebook Live, whether it be in the parking lot, or whether it be just a few in a sanctuary, uh, God's people have not lost the ability to worship no matter what. You would turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Philippians, chapter number 3. Philippians chapter number 3. As we were making our way down the road, Last night, uh, the Lord began to uh, nestle these verses in my heart all through the night. And this morning, uh, I woke up with this press that, uh, in my heart that I needed to hear it preached and uh, it would feed me. And I guarantee you, uh, if the Lord will feed me through it, he'll help you also. Look with me in verse number Eight, and we will read through verse number 14. Philippians chapter number 3, verse number 8. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss, the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but done, that I may win Christ being found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is uh, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is, is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. 
not as though I'd already uh, already attained either we're already perfect, but I follow after that. Uh, I follow after if that I may apprehend that which uh, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. May I just say here what Paul just told us in verse number twelve is the life principle for the Bible believer, for the Christian, for the follower of Christ. This man of God has just told us he is living his life, trying to get a hold of the truth of Jesus Christ. He's gotten a hold of him, and he's uh, going to spend the rest of his days trying to get a hold of what has changed and gotten a hold of him. Verse number 13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to apprehend it. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth, to those things which are before. Press toward the mark for the uh, prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, this morning, with the Lord's help, I want to look at the idea, uh, and maybe we can find it very familiar to our hearts and to our lives in these days and in these times, I want to talk about battling uh, burnout, fighting back burnout. Or uh, we could even look at it this morning, uh, persevering in perplexing days. Uh, how do we get through all this? Of course, Paul in this uh, text and in this writing, he is in a Mandarin prison. That's a prison that's shaped like a little teacup. Uh, it has one, one little bit of light that comes through a small, uh, area, small opening. And that's the only light that comes through. And to make matters worse in this state that he finds himself in, uh, the Roman, uh, the Roman sewer system flows right through where he's at. So he's in a place, uh, that he's held captive. He can't turn the doorknob to get to remove himself from the circumstance, the situation. Can't open it up to himself. He's got very little light. He can't see much. He can't see what's going on. And, and to top it all off, it just plain out stinks where he's at at these at this time. But I'm interested in what we find in verse number 13. He says this statement. Uh, this one thing I do. Uh, it would have been very easy for Paul at this place and time in his life to do like countless others, like Demas and others that got in a fix and a pinch and that were around Paul. It would have been easy for them to have said, hey, I'll just go back to the house. I'll, I'll just give this up. Uh, this Christian life, I've, I've lived, I've served the Lord, I've done the best I could, and now here I have landed myself in these, these conditions and, and it seems like the Lord's a long ways off from me. I have no contact with the outside world. I can't fellowship. I'm stuck in this damp, dark uh, place that's, that smells bad. And, and it'd be easy for Paul, I believe, in these circumstances and in these days to say, I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to. I'm just going to renounce everything that I know about the Lord. I'm just going to turn my back. I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to start making tents. Hey, maybe I'll start uh, teaching at the at the school and the synagogue once more. Maybe maybe I'll find something else I can do. 
Uh, but there's just no reason to serve the Lord in these conditions. And uh, I find that Paul is able to persevere. He's able to battle against the burnout that might be prevalent in his life at this time. Uh, he only does it by going deeper, deeper with his walk with Christ, deeper in, in his knowledge of the things of the Lord. And this morning, you and me living in the midst of the days that we're living in, it might be easy for you to say, hey, in all of this, if it means going to sit in the church parking lot, I ain't going to do it. If it means pulling it up on Facebook, I, I ain't going to do it. If it means that I'm cut off from the fellowship and the society and, and the ways that we've known church and Christian living uh, before, if this is where we're at in 2020, I'm just going to call it quits. I'm just going to hang it up. I'm, I'm going to spend my time somewhere else. I'm going to spend my money somewhere else. I'm going to do something else. It'd be real easy for you and me this morning to find ourselves in such a predicament and such a state of mind. But could I encourage you, church, uh, may we persevere through this. May we push our way through. And may we battle against the burnout that is so prevalent in our days and in our time. And may we grow deeper in Christ in this time. May we come through this uh, better than when we uh, began. Uh, Paul's going to battle through this, and we're going to find some areas that Paul's going to lead us uh, to, to come through and to push through. First of all, Paul is going to have to battle this burnout. He's going to have to uh, push through these perplexing days of his life, and he's going to first have to do it by renouncing. He's going to have to do it by renouncing some areas and some things in his life that he might be tempted to hold on to. He's going to have to make the statement, the hard statement to the, this church of Philippi, hey, I'm not going to hold on to my past. I'm not going to hold on uh, to what I once was. Notice in verse number 8, he begins this renouncing, and he says, yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, uh, my Lord, for whom I have suffered all, uh, suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Uh, Paul, as he's looking at his life and as he's thinking back over his past, he could have held on to being out of the tribe of Benjamin. He could have held on to his knowledge and his a zeal for the things of God. He could have held on to the fact that he he's the only person in the Bible we see uh, that proclaims himself when it comes to the law. He was blameless. He could have held on to all that self-righteousness, but he would have not gotten any closer to Christ. He would have still been far away from the things of God. This morning, uh, church, you're going to have to get to the place in these days where you're going to have to look at the uh, job. You're going to have to look at the family. You're going to have to look at these things. And anything that stands between you and knowing Christ, uh, Paul says that I may know the excellency of Christ Jesus. We're talking about a man that has been on missionary journeys. We're talking about a man that has been a powerful evangelist. 
We're talking about a man that has wrote uh, most of the New Testament. We're talking about a man that has known what it is to establish the New Testament churches. But the one thing he wants clear in his life, he wants to know Jesus. He wants to get as far with Christ in his life as possible. This one thing I do. I'm going to renounce all things that I may know Christ Jesus. He says in verse number 9, as far as renouncing those things, he says in being found in him, if you're looking for, for Paul this morning, if you want to know where he's at, the book of Colossians, he tells us he's hidden Christ, and here we see where we can find him. He's found in Christ, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. It won't hold up. It won't hold water, uh, which is of the law. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. He's going to have to reject. He's going to have to renounce all his good, all his being. He's going to have to renounce it. Verse number 10, that I may know him. Church, you and me, if we're going to get through these perplexing days, these troubling times, if we're going to battle the burnout that is persuasive uh, all across the church at this time and in these days, if we're going to get past all this, we're going to have to do it by not holding on. I'm reminded of the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah comes into the city. The city is burnt. He begins to do an observation tour in the middle of the night. And we find himself when he gets to a certain point, gets to a certain gate. The Bible tells us, Nehemiah tells us in his life, he said, I had to leave everything else behind. Had to leave everything else behind so he could get a good read on what was needed in Jerusalem. You and me is going to have to drop some things. Some things won't fit in the Christian life. Some things are too big or too much of a hindrance to be brought upon our backs and carried in the Christian life. We find him renouncing. We also find him rejecting. He renounces the things before Christ. His life before Christ renounces his past. But what about those high watermark areas? in the Christian life. What does Paul do with them? What does Paul tell you and I to do with them? What does he tell the church of Philippi to do with those high water marks? In verse number 13, he uses the same language for a different cause. Verse number 13, he says, Brethren, I count not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. That's the second time he has mentioned renouncing or rejecting things. But this time it's a different quality. It's a different set of circumstances. Verse number 8, we see him renouncing those things that were before Christ, before his uh, conversion experience, those things that were uh, done out of self-righteousness. Here we see that he's renouncing those areas that Christ has brought him thus far. He says, I can't live on the revivals of yesterday. I can't live on those high watermarks, those 
places where God has been with me and the Lord has carried me. Oh, yes, they are a treasure. Yes, they are good for memory. But I can't live there. I can't stay there. Uh, a lot of times in our Christian life, we begin to plateau. And when we begin to plateau, that's where the real significant burnout may occur. We've seen some things. We've seen God move. We've seen him do and accomplish in our life. But God wants more than just a few high uh, watermarks. If you stop after salvation, it's great that the Lord saved you. Uh, we rejoice in the knowledge of salvation. That's a wonderful experience. But the walk with the Lord Jesus Christ does not stop in conversion. Does not stop. Did not stop for Paul on the Damascus Road. That would have been a wonderful testimony if that's all he had. But I'm so thankful that the Lord kept walking with the, uh, with Paul. So thankful. Because that's where we get our Bible from. That's where we get instruction from. Uh, the Lord kept taking Paul further and further and further. So many in our days, uh, they come to conversion. That's it. They come to maybe uh, church and uh, get to be regular attendees in church, and that's it. Maybe they attend special meetings. Maybe they see something in a meeting, and, and that's it for their Christian life. Could I tell you this morning, church, that the Lord desires to have fellowship with you. He desires to walk with you today. He may not always do it publicly. If the Lord and the quality of your walk with the Lord always has to be before men, uh, you don't have much of a walk. A lot of the high watermarks of my Christian life have been in the private hours where God shows me something of himself, where he moves in my life and he begins to direct my life. Oh, Paul says I... If I'm going to do this in these circumstances that I'm in, if I'm not going to throw in the towel here, and I've got to renounce the past before Christ, then I've got to, I've got to reject that this is all that God wants of me now in my present. He wants to go further with the Lord. Do you have a desire to go further with the Lord Jesus Christ? I pray you do. That That is the mark of the Christian life. As I mentioned in our reading in verse number, uh, in verse number, in verse number 10, that I may know the resurrection and the power of his resurrection and uh, the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Brethren, I count not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do. Paul's interested in reaching forward. In his life. With the Lord Jesus Christ. You know that Paul. Is going to get a hold of some truths. Some deep truths. In a Mandarin teacup shaped prison cell. With no light. That's dark and damp. That stinks. The Lord's going to give Paul some things. To make it through. Even in the midst of that. We find him renouncing. We find him rejecting. But we also find Paul realizing 
realizing some truth. He, he realizes some things about God that he needs to go deep with. I, I refer to these verses as, as Paul's library. Paul's study. Paul is in a Mandarin prison, as I've already stated. He doesn't have books with him. He's just a few, a few months away from his head being cut off. He, it's just a short time. He doesn't have an actual, uh, study around him, but he is studied. Listen to what Paul is, uh, studying on, on the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number 10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Paul says in this dark, damp, depressing place that smells bad, he says, I want to know the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you can get a hold of this this morning. This may go over your head. This may be too deep for you. Why would Paul want to know such a thing? Paul believes the clue for him, the key in the Christian life for him at this moment. If he can see how the Lord would come forth victorious on a resurrection morn, how he would defeat the grave and death, it may help this man that is serving the Lord Jesus Christ to overcome the dungeon where he is kept. You may be in the same place. You may be looking around saying, uh, there's no hope out of this situation. There's no way that things are ever going to get better. Could I tell you? That's exactly, that's exactly what the disciples felt like as Jesus Christ was carried uh, from the cross and laid in the tomb. They thought it was over. They thought the story had ended. No way out of this. Trouble from here on out. But you and I know that on the third day, there was a group of ladies. They, they went to prepare a body. They went to, they, they went to take care and do that which was right for a body. And when they arrived at the tomb, the Bible says they found the stone was rolled away and the body of Christ was not dead any longer, but he was alive. Could I tell you this morning? Your Christian life, it may seem like a washout. You may feel like a wash up. You may feel like you're never going to get through this. The power of the resurrection of Christ gives you and me the story and the hope that you and I can continue on. He's reading about the power of Christ's resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. You can't find many books many Christian bookstores even on the sufferings and suffering you can find you can find all kinds of books on how to prevail over hard times how to push through you not many books out there want to tell us about suffering I noticed that no one ever signs up if you was to make a list now we're going to go on a trip or we're going to sign up for suffering uh, I guarantee you most of us would run up here and sign the one that was going to go on a trip, you and I wouldn't be interested in suffering, would we? But Paul, in the circumstance he finds himself in, he says, there is fellowship with Christ in the midst of all this suffering that I'm doing. 
You know the things that you're facing in your life, those hardships, those, those pains, those pressures, those troubles, those sufferings. That is not an opportunity for you to know less about Christ. That's an opportunity to enjoy the fellowship of Christ, to enjoy Him in your life. Paul is interested studying the resurrection and sufferings of Christ, fellowship of Christ in those sufferings. He said, if I study long enough, I understand it will make me conformable, conformable unto his death. Paul says of his life here, if he spends enough time with God, understanding what God is doing and what God wants him to know in these days, He's going to finally arrive at the place where he's counted as worthy. His life is going to be like a letter that would fit inside of an envelope. His, uh, the envelope being Jesus Christ and him, his life inside of Christ. He's realizing some things. I, I pray in these days where things in our world are so, so different. I pray that churches and church people and Christians and men and women of God, boys and girls of, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ come to know and realize, hey, this that we face, it's doing something different for the believer than it is for the world. It's bringing us to a place of dependency and realization who Jesus Christ is in our life. He's the only way we're going to make it. He's the only source of hope. We find him realizing. Finally, we see that Paul comes to revelation of what he realizes. It's like a light has been turned on in a dark place for Paul. All of a sudden, in verse number 13, we see him saying, Brethren, I count not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do. Uh, we figured that maybe we would arrived at the place that Paul says, I ain't doing anymore. I can't do anything else. It's, it's over from now on. That's not where Paul is brought to. He's brought to the place to say, I'm not going to try to do everything. I'm going to concentrate on one thing. One of my favorite authors that I enjoy to read, he talks about this, uh, this one thing I do. He says of his generation of the early 19th century, he said in the, in those days, the Christian life had become so full. He said people were laying irons in the fire, trying to, trying to accomplish and do so much that but in doing so much, they were accomplishing so little. Accomplishing so little. Uh, maybe it is for you and me in the year 2020. Maybe it is a time that the church stops trying to do so much that we would finally accomplish something that is of significance, that is great. This one thing... I do. Now here is the one thing that he does. We've already covered he's rejecting uh, the former things, the things of the past, but he's reaching ahead. Revelation of 
going further with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm reaching forth unto those things which are before. Here it is. Here's the one thing he's going to concentrate his life on in the midst of all that he's facing. I press toward the mark. I press toward the mark. I used to read this verse. I, I put my preacher hat on you. You all forgive me for that, I hope. I thought, now, here's the verse for preachers. Here it is, the, the pinnacle of verses for preachers. And then one day I was reading these verses, and God smote my heart about that thought. This is not for the, for the, the pastor and the preacher only. This is for every believer. I press toward the mark. Let me mention something about this press for a moment. In your Bible, there are three ideas of pressing. Gideon experiences uh, pressing in his life. It's an outward press. He's, a, he, he's afraid. He's scared. You and I, we could be scared in these days. Outside press, it goes something like this. The world tells you and I, we can't meet, we can't do. It might, it might cause sickness, it might cause death, it might cause hurt, it might cause pain. Uh, somebody might get mad at us. We'd be better off just to stay home. We know about that press. There is also the other kind of press. It is more of a financial press. It, it deals with more of the financial issues in, in the Bible. But it tells us we can't afford to, to, to do the things of God. The pressures of life. We, in the midst of all that we're going through, we might be experiencing some of that press. Hey, you can't do because you don't have. You can't do because you can't, you don't have enough. You can't, you can't do that. Don't know how hard tomorrow is going to be. Hang on to what you got today. We know about those presses. But in the Bible, there is a third kind of pressing that is represented. It's not an outward press from the world. It's not an outward press from finances or from an adversary. It's an inward press. I, I, I pray you realize it in these days. It, it is so prevalent among believers right now. You know, you wake up, you think, man, church ain't what it used to be. We're not going to meet in the sanctuary. We're not going to have our Sunday school class. We're not going to be able to talk to each other. The, the offering's going to be received different. Everything's different. Those outward presses say, stay at home. Don't worry about it. Don't tune in. Don't, 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 don't worry about it. it, it you'll, you can get a pass this time. That inward pass, that inward press in your life bubbles up on somewhere in the inside. Somewhere about 8 o'clock in the morning, you find yourself putting your shoes on, getting dressed. You find yourself making sure the air conditioner works in the car, making making preparations and making uh, sure when you get to the house of God. I'm talking about the press of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes around and says, Hey, you can do this. Hey, you can go for it. It may be different, but you can worship the Lord Jesus Christ. You can press toward the mark. Mark. A lot of people talk about hitting a target. 
You ever known anybody to say, well, now I shot past that target. I shot past it by two, three hundred yards. I, I didn't know I could shoot so far. Problem is, is you've still missed it. Paul's not interested in missing targets in his life. He wants to hit it and be center in his life. One preacher said he, he didn't know a whole lot about the will of God, and I, I agree, I don't know a whole lot about the will of God. It's a slippery place. It's a tough, it's a tough place to remain. Most of the time when I, I, I've accomplished the will of God in my life, I feel like I've just accidentally been drug across it. Paul's interested in making his life of one of poignant precision. I press toward the mark. The high calling. Here we are. The high calling. What is this high calling? Do you know this high calling is not being the next Billy Graham? It's not filling stadiums and, and preaching to millions and thousands. It's not, it's not a, a, a library of books that you've written. It's not a tenure in the ministry. It's not any of those things. No, it's much more common than that. Ordinary. So often as a preacher, we think about uh, just simply preaching meetings and being known. And, and, and the Lord, as he blesses us and gives us a word that we might share with someone else, uh, we get all hyped up on that. But uh, I, I believe the Christian life is is not just high Places like that. I believe it's achievable even in places where you can't get to one another. Paul's talking about actually ministering. He loved the church of Philippi. Why would he write such words to the church of Philippi? Uh, Paul loved this church. Paul, in the circumstances he finds himself in, is comparable to the circumstances of the church of Philippi. They're a small congregation. There's no high-traveling people coming their way. They're not a place of prominence. They're not a place of means. They're just a small congregation of believers. This man of God loves them. Here he is ministering to them. And he's saying, I do this one thing, this one thing I'm going to do. I'm ministering to you and writing to you this letter. And I remind you, you can set your attentions to ministering as a church where you're at. Limitations surrounded them, but this man of God wants to convey the thought. They're still of use. Reminded of what one preacher friend of mine told me. Every church can't do everything, but every church can do something. Charity Baptist Church, you may not be meant to do a lot of things that a lot of other churches are doing, and that's fine and well. But you can know Christ and do the one thing that Christ would have you to do. You can minister to one another and be a friend and be an encouragement and be a place of refuge in this community, this area, a place that can be used of God and by God and do it well 
with Christ at the center of all things. I wonder this morning, maybe at the place of just about throwing in the towel, just about at the place of giving in to burnout, just about at the place of being so confused you just want to wash up. Could I tell you this morning, any dead fish can float downstream, but it takes a living fish to swim upstream. A lot of people looking to get out. Matter of fact, I just read earlier in the week about how many pastors during this pandemic, during this uh, sickness and all that we see going on, how many of them is going to hang up the towel on ministry. But I tell you the reason I believe that some of those will give it up is simply instead of taking what is being dealt to them and growing in that with Christ, they forget Christ altogether and give it up. I ask Brother Kevin to come around, continue the service. Thank you for letting me be here. God bless.